Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, it's Robert here, and we're at the Dumpty Dum Oxford meetup here at the St. Aldate's Tavern. And I'm also here with... Maria. Allison. Missy. And... Nula. And uh, a secret man in the background who's not willing to divulge his identity. <laughs> and we are going to do our Dumpty Dum. Dumpty 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 dum dumpty dumpty dum dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum They'll never play that This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has sent an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Habitat Picnic Rug that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the jam pot full of wasps, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the Grundy Picnic, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from Naked Fingers, with his top off yet again in Oxford. <laughs> did you see the picture of them? I did, actually. It was very lovely. It was. Yeah. Lovely meet-up in Oxford. Well done, everybody. Uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. somebody would like to send us in a dum dum It doesn't have to be from Oxford, though, does it? Or with their tops off. Does that yeah. have to be? No, not hmm. at all. No. Well, if they would like to do that, how can they do it? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or become incredibly competitive over Gone Off Milk, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs. Shambridge for her voices and to Derek for the back bedroom. Derek has got an exciting role encouraging recruits for his local naturist group. He has to reach out and grab new members. <laughs> That's a quite good one this week, well done, you. On this week's episode, we have calls from the Sussex Shepherd. He's back. Who fears an angry Emma? Mm. Dusty Substances, who's in a minority of one. Couldn't agree with you more there, Lucy, that rant for that call. Bloody hell, Dusty. Um, but I'll <laughs> leave you, listener, to, for you to decide. Um, Jacqueline, who hates Kefir. Claire, who's rejoicing at Susan's comeuppance. And Goddess Diva and Yokel Bear, who have advice for Ian and Adam. But first, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We started the week in the shop where plastic bags are 10p. 10p! 
presumably they're subsidising the tabards. They're only 5p in our local shop. <laughs> I live in hipster East London where we have organic petrol. Oliver went off on a picnic with Ed the Obscure and Tess of the Durbervilles. He bought some cheese and crackers and Emma brought along some mini pork pies she'd found humming in the bottom of the reduced to clear basket. Georgie didn't go as he'd been invited to pull the wings off butterflies with a friend. They mm-hmm. ate pickled onions. Kira asked Oliver to take his teeth out and he burst into tears. Oh, Caroline would have loved this, said Oliver, fending Kira off with one hand while he swatted blue bottles away from his pie with the other. Jerry and Annabelle had to get away early. Well, you know what they're like. Slackers. This was at the BL meeting. Adam has completely got over his hissy fit about Price Bowman. And a custard cream only flew out of his hand and hit Brian in the ear twice. Well, Justin said jovially to Adam and Brian, what secrets do you hold about my bride-to-be? About Lillian? <laughs> oh, not much. She likes a drink, obviously. Um, she shagged her ex-partner's brother into cardiac arrest, fell out with Brenda Tucker over a permatan toy boy who ran away, nearly killed two pensioners, put a cowper on her face because her brother told her it was miracle face cream, just avoided perjury, and I've just caught her snogging the face off her ex-con boyfriend in a hotel suite. <laughs> no, nothing really, no, move along. Justin went a bit quiet after that and then said that he didn't like to tap his own tambourine. Well, none of us do, Justin, but Lillian's a very busy woman. Bizarrely, they all congratulated Ian on sandwiches. Oh, thank you, he said. I hope you like the way I cut them into little faces and gave you some hula hoops with them. We're hoping for a Michelin star like Les Sous Harous. Talking of Ian, he was livid with Adam for not dobbing Ian, uh, Lillian in. He was spluttering with fury and projecting more than a slideshow. I think you should personally frog march Charlie, I mean Lillian, out of the village, he said promptly. <laughs> Adam gave in and went round to Lillian with his voice throbbing with self-importance as usual. He strode around the dower house in a cape with his hand pressed to his forehead. It's awful, Lillian, I don't know what to do, she said. Oh, darling, play with your chew. That may have been directed to Ruby, I'm not sure. But either way, she managed to get him to stop behaving like the hero in a Victorian melodrama without pointing out that compared with rogering a picker and snogging a mutual friend, she'd actually done sod all. I need to get back if I'm to finish drilling White Oak, Broadacre and Constantin, Adam said. <laughs> and twirled his cape around him and went out into the dark and stormy night. Justin found Lillian roughing out a guest list for the wedding, apparently. It said Fabrice, Anthea, Matt Crawford, Tiger, Matthew Crawford, Crawford, Matthew... And a Mr. M and a Mr. M Crawford. She doesn't know anybody else. Roy went out with an event organizer called Kit. In actual fact, she wasn't called Kit. She was a Kit. He assembled her just before the cricket, but her leg fell off just after the first over. Krusty decided to intervene and jolly things along with Lexi, but sadly her idea of a romantic night out was to sit in a bookshop and hear a reading of Golem's Pitchfork. If that wasn't self-published, I'll eat my kefir. (laughs) It was written by the nephew of Corinthia Hart, who wrote a saucy account of Brian Saddle-soaping Mandy Beesborough in a loose box. It was called Mistress of the Paddocks. Jenny Darling is still very sensitive about Mistress of the Buttocks, <laughs> so I, for one, would be very, very sad if a lot of people in Ambridge got to know about it and laughed. Oh, dear me, yes. Anyway, Roy decided to turn his suave and chivalrous attentions to Lexi. I don't mind that you're an old slapper who's possibly up the clangor courtesy of a picker half your age, he said encouragingly. <laughs> I'll have you anyway. Oh, who could resist? 
Pip went paddling with some geese and Toby joined her. He told her he's now going out with a Labradoodle and she was terrifically impressed. Susan's kafir became unsettled thanks to Neil standing near it and making his noises. She came home to find him <laughs> dripping with a nugget. Well, that's what he said it was anyway. She lauded it about over Clary and said she'd just quickly dashed off a sample. As a result of Susan's explosion, Clary won the kafir prize. Susan had done coconut and blueberry as well as apricot and ginger. Clary did ferret and walnut straight through <laughs> Joe's trust. The prize was absolutely nothing, but Clary was delighted, as it was the second thing Clary has ever won in her life. The first being the award for putting more vowels in the word Eddie than anyone else ever. Piggy and Oliver had tea together at Gay Grable's. People keep relentlessly trying to force poor Oliver to look on the bright side of his wife dying, and the more they try, the more resistant he gets. You look well, Oliver. No, I don't. I look awful, Peggy. Have you been out? Not much. I just went for a walk. Well, that must have been nice. No, it wasn't. I came back early. Can I buy your tea? No. What's wrong with going Dutch, Peggy? Who's Dutch Peggy? I don't think I know her. <laughs> well, I bet she's as as I am. And so on until Peggy lost her temper and stuck the sugar tongs up his nose. But the storyline that will keep us going until at least, ooh, Christmas, I should think, is that Adam and Ian are going to have a baby. I mean, you can see why, with all the lovely children to inspire them in Ambridge. There's Henry, who can only say, yes, Wob, and windy, 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 even though he's 12 and a half. Georgie, the kleptomaniac psycho, Kira, who pulls old people's teeth out, and Ben Archer, the sound effect. <laughs> but first of all, they have to find a woman willing to put up with being forced to listen to Adam holding forth on the sanctity of life and breathing heavily. And then, joy of joys, they have to get embroiled in some sort of inheritance nonsense. No occasion, however joyful in Ambridge, cannot be enjoyed without someone bringing up death and the next generation. Ah, well, you know what they say. Where there's a will, there's a storyline. The end. To be fair, they are farmers. That's all farmers ever talk about. <laughs> but there's like two minutes of everyone going, <laughs> oh, well done you, that's marvellous. But what happens when you die? And you think, bloody hell, give it a break. <laughs> it's all a bit depressing. Well done this week. Quite quite enjoyed that. Well done. I ran out of breath. You did think... attack it with gusto, didn't you? My jeans are too tight. That's the problem. Really? I've got jeans and I've done my belt onto a new hole and I'm <laughs> out of breath. Oh, what, you want some <laughs> kind of diet or something? Yes, it's called stress and worry. It falls off, I tell you. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Listen, I can hardly endorse that <laughs> diet. What you want to do, have your heart broken into a thousand pieces, right? Yeah. And um, it, the weight does, does not fall off you. <laughs> So, what's stressing you right now, other than Mandy Beesborough coming back into the uh, into the Archers? Um, do you mean seriously or Archersly? Uh, seriously. Let's deal with that first. No, seriously, it's just it's just work. There isn't any. No, oh, um, that's okay. because it's August, and there never is. Uh, mm. it, it, well, there either is loads or there isn't any. And at the moment, it's you know it was all right at the start, and now there's just nothing, and it's really. Well, have you moved to France or something? Us? What? Well, the French—they never work in August. I thought you were in Walthamstow. No, but there's people... No one ever says, Mm. now we must start that big project on the 15th of August, do they? Everyone says, it's like saying, let's start it on December the 10th. No one does anything. You know, it's like, this is like sort of term time Christmas, really. Nothing happens. Um, And uh, yes, it just... When you're freelance, unless you... (laughs) 
you 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 say yes to everything and then start crying because you've got so much work on you can't work out how you're actually going to find time to go to the loo mm-hmm. or you have nothing and then you just panic that you're never ever going to have any and then i know perfectly well that in a month's time i'll be whinging because i've got too much to do so but it just makes you feel a bit ah! but it does me anyway i don't like having no work but you put a new notch in your belt so every cloud has a silver ah, lining yes that's true awesome mm. mandy beesborough yeah she was a bit of a sauce pot wasn't she mm. i always imagine her in jodhpurs with very shiny hair <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It, I love it when we get little blasts from the past. I'd forgotten yeah. all about her. Awesome. I don't know how Kirsty knows because this was way before Kirsty's time. Well, but wasn't there some some nonsense? Didn't Jenny write a book or something? Another, it kind of came out. I very much enjoyed the Archers this week. It made a stressful week go by quite nicely. Mm. Adam got intensely annoying. Because he just agonises over everything and makes things twice as complicated rather than just going to the person and just being straightforward and sorting things out. And what else? And I loved Clary and Susan and the cafe. Did you? Yes. Did that get on your nerves? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you don't like it when it gets all sitcom-y, do you? Well, no. I, I do like the little ridiculous moments, but it just went went on and on and on. And then for me the whole thing that it was then became a competition when was that just like introduced i think with susan it's always a competition yeah no true true that because she's a social climber and stuff yeah. but you know the actual thomas set us a competition i had just yeah it just well come on now but it just went on for me a, a little bit too long and as a you know saul on the road to damascus conversion what you know she hated it at first and all of a sudden yeah you had to, but I and do, now she just like she doesn't like it anymore again. I do she? like, you know, the little devices to, to have to inject a little bit of comedy. I just that just went off for me, a little mm. bit like the sour milk. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> why don't we uh listen to what the great Corinneras have said this week about the goings on in Ambridge? Okay. Hello, Ambridge3962. Your go. Um, who have we got then, Lucy? Who's first? We have got, surprisingly, Sussex Shepherd. Good evening, Royfield, Lucy, Naked Fingers, Millie Bell and Yokel Bear and all other fellow Dumpty Dummers. It's the Sussex Shepherd here. I've just listened to last week's podcast and then uh, to this evening's episode of The Archers. Firstly, I'm kind of relieved. I was beginning to worry about Pip. I thought she might have fallen asleep under a hedge somewhere after taking on her 17th job to try and repay the world for the fact that she once let a cow out. Uh, so glad to hear that she's back, to be honest. Um, and I'm kind of even a little bit happy that Toby's back. Um a plot prediction, and this is actually more from listening to the podcast and thinking back to last week's episodes. Um, a prediction about Emma, who is sounding so angry these days. And I'm thinking about this thing about whether social housing and affordable housing are the same thing. I don't think she's going to get a house. And more, I have a suspicion that somebody from another village is going to get the house instead. And I think she's then going to just flip her lid. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a bit of petrol bombing or something going on. Not condoning it, just wondering if it would happen. Anyway, that's it from me. Keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. 
Well, we have two hugely unpopular opinions on <laughs> this week's uh, Dumpty Dum. And this is the first. Hurrah that Pippi's back. He was even excited that Toby was back. Um, I was starting to think, has Toby passed away? Because we didn't, it, I mean, considering he's living with Bert and um, Doodle, we never seem to sort of um, hear from him at all. Uh, is that Rex's uh, new name? Doodle. Doodle. Yeah, I went blank. Um, yes. Uh, the, this, 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 um, we are destined never to live like other people storyline is getting slightly boring now. Um, although it's an important social issue. Uh, but I can have. <laughs> Only somebody in their lovely semi detached orphan <laughs> stove could be so blithe to, to the struggle of the rural poor. I know. Um, <laughs> She wouldn't ever petrol bomb someone else's house. But I'll tell you what. i tell you what That's I did Clive think. Clive Horribin is one who petrol bombs. It is quite Horribin. But... Hey, wait a minute. She's got it in the family then. What? Because Emma is the niece of Clive Horribin. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I just said. No, I didn't say it was his niece. Did oh. I? But anyway, no, I'm just saying. It sounded really ridiculous that she'd go around and fire bomb, But mm. there is form. In Ambridge, yep. that's all I'm saying. Yes, making a tenuous um, link. Sorry. What about if you know Ed's all? This is Ambridge. We don't do that kind of stuff around right here. I wonder how what would happen if the house was given to like one of the pickers or something. <laughs> well, say, well, the, say well, the... no. I know that's not going to happen. But say Roy and Doodle Flip get together. Roy and Lexi, mm. And and then they get a house somehow. But wait a minute, well, Roy's got his own house. He's got the you know the one oh, on the side of yeah, his mum and dad's. Is, I'm, I'm disappearing up a, a plot cul-de-sac here. I'll tell you, it's not going anywhere. Come on, Lucy. I, don't know. <laughs> I think when uh, Sussy Sepper did say that somebody from another village would get it, and that would uh, you know get our uh, Emma's ire up, I did think, oh, that was quite believable. Mm. Because she, you know, she's all about blood and sand, isn't she? You know, mm. blood and soil, shall we say? And you know, we've been here. Well, you sounded like Will Grundy then when you I... went sand. That's well, well that, that was deliberate. But I said blood and sand, uh, and not blood and soil, like those Nazis say when they're marching with uh, their pitchforks. And but... they're crying because <laughs> accidentally they didn't realise that being filming themselves on YouTube would mean that people recognise them. <laughs> yeah, and they might lose their jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gifted, These aren't they? Gifted. Absolutely, um, but no, I I, I kind of quite like that as, as as an outcome. But I know Claire Aspie talks about this later. Uh, but mm. but she does need she does need this place. But we know that something's going to go wrong, and I just think it's just going to be the whole affordable um, housing uh, stick which gets pulled with every development. Mm. Which I've, but I've but I've kind of said this before, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll shut up now. Uh, should we do dusty substances? No, 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 no. Let's oh. talk about Pip and Toby. Oh, sorry. Okay. I like them as a couple. I'm sorry. No, no. I know. I know. I know. I'm really glad that we heard Toby again this week. I realised that I like him. He's the character has a certain magic on the mic. I'm sorry. I said it. They're getting on the Goslings. I thought it was touching. There was splish bloshing around. I liked it. I like them. Sorry. I apologise. 
Well, when they talk to each other, what it sounds like to me is a public schoolboy of about 14, 14 who's slightly too old to have a nanny. <laughs> and she's too young to be a nanny. So it's a slightly too old boy to have a nanny with a woman who's too young to be a nanny. So that she just has this weird kind of rolling, oh, you, <laughs> sort of relationship that nobody has ever if they've ever had sex with that person. Oh, no. Can we do Dusty Substances now? Yes, let's do Dusty right now. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, just a little reminder for Lindy Bots or whoever's doing the honours this year. Uh, yesterday evening, um, today is Thursday, so Wednesday evening, I was auditioning for a part in our local Christmas uh, extravaganza, which in our case is going to be the Railway Children. Um Lindy needs to get her finger out now. She needs to start planning whatever she wants to do. And I really want to be uh, out on a limb and say, can we have a pantomime again, please? Really love those. And if we can't have a pantomime, uh, something like Blythe Spirit or Calendar Girls, um, I'm possibly the only person on the planet who really enjoys all that. Uh, But I do. So um, if Linda could really sort things out... Um, I'd be really grateful. I look forward to that. Uh, love to everyone. Bye. Dusty, dusty, dusty. I don't. I don't know what to say. I think you need some sort of clinical help. What do you <laughs> mean? You actually like the pantomime? <laughs> actually, my friend Rachel admits that her favourite bit of the Archers ever, every year, is the Flower and Produce Show. <laughs> so she. <laughs> And she likes to know who's jam one and things like that. So that makes her slightly as potty as you, Dusty. Mm. I... But also, I'm intrigued by the fact that your Christmas extravaganza is the railway children. That is not, is not remotely Christmassy. It is very sad. And there's trains. And how on earth are you going to do that? Unless you get sponsored by Southern Rail, then you don't actually have to provide any trains at all. <laughs> I think Dusty's needs a lie down I, i'm sorry Dusty. <laughs> i just i can't get behind this opinion at all it's tiring tiresome cumbersome plot wise and it's always as lucy always says it's always the same thing every year it's going to be a disaster that never is you know if they're going to do it and then do it wrong and you know literally the village hall collapses on them well then yeah. yes people I'm, I'm walk there. out going well that was rubbish that would be really good exactly but hmm where is where is Dusty? Southwest London. It's kind of Twickenham mm-hmm. or something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely bit of the world. It's all very green and very leafy. Leafy. Um, but to be doing the Christmas stuff when in August, September? No, that's just wrong for me. Wrong. If you haven't had Diwali yet, you can't. You know, think about <laughs> Christmas. You can't. I'm sorry. That's such, that's such a 21st century London thing to say. Have we had Diwali? Oh, it's Christmas time. <laughs> 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 Who's next? Oh. Uh, Jacqueline. Bonjour, it's Jacqueline Berto from uh, Sanguen in uh, Brittany. Um, I'm just uh, catching up. I've just managed to catch up. I've been about three weeks behind for the last five or six weeks. 
So I've just listened to the latest uh, omnibus and the following uh, discussion. There was something I wanted to say about one a few weeks before, but I can't remember. I hate the kaffir story. I didn't know what kaffir was until this story started here. We don't get anything like that here. For goodness sake, somebody asked, rang me up the other day and asked me where you could buy lemongrass. Well, I don't think the French know that lemongrass exists. Um, something strange has happened to my dum-ti-tum uh, downloads. I now get lots of French adverts. I think it's great if it's a way of uh, raising um, money for uh, the support of the dum of Dumpty Dum. But I'm very curious to know if other people who listen from outside of the UK have also got commercial adverts for uh, um, do-it-yourself shops like Le Roy Melin or um, uh, an electrical goods sub appliances sub supplier like Boulanger or Darty. Um, seems very strange to me. There's been no mention of it by anybody else. So maybe it's just me. Somebody's hacked in and is sending me subliminal messages. I need to do do it yourself or buy a new fridge or something. Anyway, it's been great. Keep up the good work, everybody. And I hope um, you're all well and have enjoyed your summer. Well, of course, it's winter if you're listening in Australia. So um, speak to you all again soon. Toodaloo. Hello, Jacqueline. We have not heard from you for ages. Um. I don't know why you are getting lots of French. Don't, I will stop this accent. I'm sorry. I don't know why you're getting lots of French adverts. I know. Oh, Royfield knows. Over right. to Royfield in right. the newsroom. So this is this is what happens, right? So whenever, so we're on a thing called Acast. It's a platform called Acast where we put our podcasts on, and um, they distribute it all around the world. And the fact of the matter is, we earn about. Two and a half pence a month from adverts uh, that they cast put on on the website. And we spent it podcast. all on gin. <laughs> exactly, scruff gin, even. But um, in theory, what it means is that wherever you are in the world, you get um, geographically relevant adverts. Ah. Yep, yep, yep. So occasionally, when I listen back to the show, I do get um, British adverts like Virgin and stuff. So it does happen. It doesn't. Oh. It doesn't happen every time. Blah blah blah. Uh, but yeah, it does happen. Which is the reason why um, we say we, we's taking a break in the middle of the show because that's what, sometimes where they put them. But there you go. Um, as Jacqueline's with you, she hates the kefir story. Mm. Largely because she doesn't know what kefir is. I actually, I did a a yokel bear. I don't know if you saw his live yes. kefir tasting. Um, uh, I bought some kefir. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am drinking it every day to see if it makes any material difference to anything. Maybe that's the reason why your tum tum's going down a little. Is it like you know cleaning out your colon or something? God, I, I don't know. I, not that I've noticed. I don't want to talk about this on the podcast, but no, we <laughs> not just that have. I've noticed. No, <laughs> um, but yes, I. It's 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 what you know when you take what you think is going to be a drink of something fizzy and nice like gin and tonic and then you discover it's sparkling water well gin and tonic isn't nice but i suppose okay. i get your analogy vodka and tonic or something mm. lemonade whatever right and yes. then and then and then you're expect or you eat a parsnip that is masquerading as a roast potato yes yes that so that's it it's like you look at it and you think this is a neat little bottle here and it's all very interesting on the label and that shaky, shaky, shaky and then I'll drink it and then you drink it and you think, oh, what was that? And it is like milk on the turn, basically. But that's no surprise because you knew it was going to taste like crap. 
But I thought there must be something else exciting in it. Otherwise, how you could just you just had possibly... such a setup there, and then you so let us down because you knew we all. Nobody, everybody knows that stuff tastes like it's gone wrong. But also, I really, I, I suppose I should have realised how boring it tastes because of the eagerness with which they are packing it with everything other than mm. itself to make it taste of something nice. Mm. Exactly. Like Susan's jam packing it with. But doesn't that rather take away from, you know, because coconut m- milk and all that, I'm not sure it would actually work even. But anyway, who knows? And I don't I... want lots of people to ring in and send me bloody kefir recipes because I couldn't give a toss. But I'm just saying <laughs> it's a bit ugh. But probably good for you, like so many ugh things are. I'll uh, probably put bloody kale in it next. Where did you get it from? Uh, Sainsbury's. Your Sainsbury's in Walthamstow sells it? Uh, yeah. Every Sainsbury's doesn't sell it. Don't they? No. I did an online thing. I don't know where that comes from. Oh, so oh, okay. All right. I thought you just wandered into your normal Sainsbury's and it was just there. No, okay. I don't go shopping in actual shops anymore. I can't bear it. Anyway. Why? Uh, because you're what? rubbing up next to the great unwashed. Next to people who are, uh, have housing issues. <laughs> 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 Please understand that I'm joking. Oh, no. Um, um, shall we do Claire Asbury now? Oh, yes. She's always a sensible, sensible, sensible caller in well, you're not going to think she's that sensible, obviously, because she liked the exploding kefir. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Uh, just wanted to uh, respond after the name check from Blythe Spirit last week. Um, yeah, there is a bit of a difference between social housing and affordable housing. The government definition for affordable is quite broad now. Uh, it's just a bit too dull and technical to go into it. But um I do get a bit frustrated with Emma talking about affordable housing like they're going to have a house that they own, which they could do some shared ownership and that might work for them. And I'd like to think that that would work for them in Ambridge. Um, But realistically, what they want is somewhere that is affordable and secure. Uh, And if it were for rented, it shouldn't matter as long as like if they were in social housing, they could get a good long-term security to bring their kids up and have money in their pocket and not be ripped off by private rent. So, you know, it feels to me like people feel like home ownership is the only answer to anything. But actually for a family like Ed and Emma's, to be honest, actually a good quality rented home might be just the thing they're after. Um, And their failure to consider that as an option says something about people's loss of expectation that that might happen, which people would have had a few years ago, I think. Uh, And also the fact that, you know, it's just been stripped away from people on low incomes, which is a shame. If you're interested in all of this, I really recommend the Lindsay Hanley documentaries that was on Radio 4 at the moment, Streets Apart. Um, so, yes, the housing stuff bubbles on. I uh, also just very quickly wanted to say I so enjoyed Susan's comeuppance this week. I'm sure we all did. I can't be the only one who will comment on it. Uh, not just the, uh, well, mainly the exploding kefir. Oh, my God, I wish I could have seen that. That would have been so funny. Um, And finally, just uh, all the best, Royfield, on your new start in the US of A. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. What I liked was Susan sulking so blatantly. There was a weird, now, who was it? Somebody said, 
she said so as somebody tweeted and said what was that weird noise at the end of the site was it was it susan slapping clary round the face <laughs> because there was this bizarre when she said help us put the date stamp on then susan and then you heard this bang <laughs> and the scene ended and it sounded like she sort of knocked her out but she was really really cross mm. And I, I kind of sometimes feel sorry for Susan. And then when you hear what? her saying to, well, because she's just so desperate and people like Susan are never happy. Never, 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 never happy. But when she's, when she's so shitty about Clary to other people, you know, when she's old, she's never had any, she's never had any ideas. She's never wanted to be a manager. She's never blah, 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 blah. And you think, oh, just, you know, just keep your opinions to yourself, you snide old cow. But I also very much enjoyed her telling the entire village that Oliver was skint. <laughs> and she was saying, would you like me to put this on tick? <laughs> he was going, no, contrary to what you've told the entire village, Susan, I'm I, actually fine. I did like that line. Yes, it's very good. Well done, Oliver. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's had a bit of a, she's had a bit of a, she's sort of, exposed as just a bit of a pillock at the moment Susan well, she's not we're, people are sort of laughing rather than she's sort of lost a bit of her power I think well we've gone back to old traditional Susan haven't we because in the last mm -hmm. couple of years we kind of lost it with all the Rob stuff you know her as the the, the village gossip had slightly mm -hmm. been pushed to one side and you know all the way through the Rob and Helen stuff we were saying but wouldn't Susan be gossiping on this wouldn't she be yeah. gossiping on yeah. that and but we, we kind of have normality back in the archers, and I kind of quite yeah. like it. She's doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Susan is Susaning. Yes. That's absolutely true. Um, now we have a joint call from Yokel Bear and Goddess Diva. How exciting. Hello, Dumpster It's Yokel Bear here, calling in rather cheekily as a caller in on my week off, because I'm here with... Goddess Diva. And we were thinking about... Ian and Adam, they seem to have a few relationship problems. So, Goddess Diva, what advice would you give Ian and Adam right now? Apart from shut up and stop boring us with your bloody bleating on about fidelity and being so judgy, I would say, actually, you're not in this for the long run. He wants a baby. And if Adam doesn't want a baby, then it's not going to work. I mean, you can just, just see the next scene would be Adam ringing the takeaway back saying, hello, my partner wants a baby. I didn't see one on the menu, but could you send us your finest baby? <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, it's not great. They're not going to last. And thank fuck for that and what advice would you give Ian and Adam well I'd just say to Ian get yourself on Grinder, uh, have a bit of a search around and get a bit of action with a straight but questioning farmhand from Penny Hassett because frankly you can do better than Adam um, so that's us that's us done, We that's our caller in so bye Goddess Diva out, bye well Yoko Bear, when you said he needs to find somebody straight but questioning. I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you reckon about the baby? Hmm. I don't... And I know we've talked about this many moons ago, but there is something which feels very... I, I don't... Have, I've never really believed in them pair as a couple. That I think really? that yeah no I there is I don't quite get there's something which I don't quite get in a way that I do as ill matched as Pip and Toby might be there's something quite believable to me about that all with 
Eddie and Clary and whatever. But there's something about this pair. And maybe it's because they've been squashed. Because initially when they were when they were brought in, same-sex marriage wasn't legal, was it? So they're a barometer of social change in the fact that our attitudes have changed. And every now and then something is said and Peggy goes, you know, well, that wouldn't happen in my day. But she's accepting of them. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're there to, as I said, barometer of social change. Because they are, and we're led to believe that their relationship is going to endure no matter what, they're incredibly boring. They're not stereotypically urban and gay. So they don't go clubbing. They don't go off to holidays um, down in the Mediterranean. You know, all the things which we associate with let's say being gay and and metropolitan they don't do so they never joke about oh i've got this friend and he's on grinder trying to find Mm. somebody there's none of that so they're crushingly boring they're crushingly boring and i've always been an ian fan in terms of he's just a decent they're no more boring than shula and alistair apart from the gambling problem there you go and and i remember a couple of weeks ago they talk about how tired they are all the time and that I understand because both of them have very tiring jobs. I'll give them that. But if we go back to Shula and Alistair, a couple of weeks ago, I realised that I really like Alistair because Alistair is a man who's permanently on the edge. Mm. You know, there is a little something to Alistair. You know, he is a little bit exasperated with Shula. You know, he does kind of, you know, there's a little bit, kind of, a little bit kind of snark, a little bit kind of a bite and whatever. And he does have this dark past where he was doping horses mm. and stuff. These pair together are just boring. There's no <laughs> chemistry. And and Adam, I've always thought, was a little bit peculiar because for me, his vocal delivery style is a bit declaiming all the time. Yes, it? exactly. He sounds like he's reading a sermon the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You know, so do, should they have a baby? Yeah, whatever. You know, I know Ian, Ian is like a, you know, he just wants to have a family and Adam just kind of doesn't. But oh, I don't know, they're boring, boring, snoring, boring. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else we got to talk about with these pair? <laughs> Nothing really. I think. I think boring, snoring, boring. <laughs> just about that. <laughs> Though, um, just like we've had Susan, a real Susan back because she's been a gossip. We mm. also have real Ian back because he's talking mm-hmm. about potentially losing his job at Grey Gables, which is what he's yeah. always talks about. You know, stress yeah. in the kitchen. Am I going to lose my job? There's yeah. a new menu. I've got to put it together. Will Caroline like it? That's the, you know, Those are the topics that comes out of Ian's mouth. Yeah. So. Hmm. And Adam just says, oh, I'm so tired. I don't like Brian. I Yeah. <sighs> yes. Boring, snoring, boring. Mm-hmm. Shall we do Tweets of the Week now? Oh, no, uh, Millie Bell first. Yeah, let, let's do Millie Bell. But before we go on to Millie Bell, mm-hmm. all right, um, normally at this time in the show, I say something like, I'm going to go and have a camp coffee. Right? Yeah. But we've actually oh, yes, got... I saw thank you. Thing. Well, oh, it wasn't yes. really my thing. But, like, aren't people just lovely? The history of camp coffee. Hello? Yes, I know, I saw. Mm. I just thought it was really fascinating and just a little bit sad. Because uh, the gentleman who's the, the Scottish Highlander who's depicted on it um, was was probably a gayer, or at least was accused of gayer stuff, um, and uh, killed himself in 1903. Oh, Yeah, very sad. And he had this kind of gallant history of, you know, defending Queen and Country, you know, 
And um, yeah, so it's all very sad. So on the on the label of Camp Coffee, folks, for people that don't know. Hang on, William is saying something peculiar to right. me. Where's the script? The script is here. Thank you. Oh, is there two? There is two. There's one for you and one for Casper. Good boy. His mum's coming soon, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, the, uh, William is taking on the challenging role of Bugs Me- Bugsy Malone uh-huh. he's auditioning for. So he's gone off to go and practice his New York accent with his Polish friend. So I don't fancy <laughs> their chances, to be honest. But anyway. <sighs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> so on the uh, on the label for Camp Coffee, you have two gentlemen. One of them appears to be a Sikh type gentleman because he's wearing a turban. The other one is some kind of Scottish Highlander um, who's uh, you know in, in the army. And um, he, our Scottish Highlander, was based on a real uh, character in uh, in the army, and. Um, and he has his very tragic history, as we've just said. But interestingly, the Sikh gentleman initially is seen to be serving him. So he's stood over him and kind of leaning forward. And I don't know if it's political correctness or whatever, but in later iterations from, I think, about the 60s or 70s onwards, um, he's kind of seated because, you know, times have changed. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it seems somewhat kind of inconsequential. But, you know, even the label of Camp Coffee is a marker of social change and a marker of times. You know, and I just think that's an absolutely wonderful thing. So thank you to all those people that, A, yesterday uh, tweeted that to, to Lucy and I, um, that, my God, do they still make this thing? Yes, they do. <laughs> Two, that dug out the, the history of, of the label. And then three, that said that, yes, I have grannies that still drink it and it's really good to put into cakes and, and, and things like that. So Camp Coffee, you know, we say we it's, it's not just quite a throwaway line on Dumpty Dum. It's a real thing with a real history. Now, Lucy, we're going to have a mm. little bit of Lily Bell. Okay. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. (laughs) 
Bake Off is back on your TV this week, albeit on a new channel and with new presenters, so it's good to know there's one thing you can rely on, and that is Cat and Mim with their soggy bottoms. Go to iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And remember, to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105. That's 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. Good day, everyone. Our forum has started to really pick up. It's starting to get quite busy. There's a thread about kefir, financial advice for the archers, character stats, of course, from Glenn Fullerlock. But my favourite at the moment is secret tattoos in Ambridge. So if you'd like to be involved in that discussion, please go to dumptytum.com forward slash forums. And it is great to see people getting involved. On the Facebook page, we've talked about a number of things this week. It's been another great week and there's been some gorgeous moments from Carrie again. We talked about the great contrast between mother and daughter with Oliver on one day and wondered whether Emma was growing on us. And Karen Valerie Hodgson said, I was wondering when Susan became such a bitch. She has always been a gossip, but of late she's been incredibly rude about Oliver's so-called financial difficulties. I liked Oliver's riposte about Susan's misguided or misplaced concern in that area. And she has been incredibly cruel about Clary behind her back. The old Susan was a gossip, yes, but she was never that mean about other people, was she? And I agree, she does seem to be getting meaner. It's rather sad, especially with Clary. We also talked about how mean Clary was scaring that sweet little pussycat at Peggy's away. And Sui and Jordan said, I am disliking Peggy more and more these days. Self-indulgent and self-righteous. Al Williams also said, no wonder Peggy loves Hilda Ogden, her own daughter, is a pussycat. Nice job. I like that. Then we were talking about whether Adam should be acting as Lillian's moral compass or should he stay out of her business. And there's another thread later on. But it was really interesting. There was a range of uh, opinions on that. Lynn Moore said he should have just uh, talked just to Lillian if he genuinely cares for her well-being or kept his nose out of her private business. But frankly, he's a bloody hypocrite showing moral outrage is a bit of extra after a bit of extracurricular. I was looking for Liz Villalobos said he should speak with Lillian or keep mum. Ian, I'm dumbfounded by him. I liked him until now really sad i would i have to say i was so thrown off guard because he went just to talk about what she should or should not do and he just didn't care about her and she's his auntie uh we've also put up a link to a flash mob that happened i think it was in um birmingham and it's um a group that started uh doing a swing dance and one of our favorite script writers is in it so i urge you to go and look if you haven't seen that yet uh, we also talked about the wonderful lines that uh, Clary has been getting lately. Beyonce in a sequined bikini. And we thanked the script writers. Heidi Griffith says, must admit I loved that scene, especially as Clary is so used to be the one that is put down, especially by Susan. I think the worm is turning. Watch out, Eddie. Uh, Rupert Brunn also said it was lovely to hear Clary getting the upper hand for once. And Suyin Jordan said, Susan deserved the kerfuffle that besieged her kerfuffle kitchen and head manager of kefir operations. Indeed. Uh, Steve Gibbs, I'm going to give the final word, uh, said, Tom should call his range of drinks 
the kafir factor. <laughs> um, and then we went back to talking about Adam and Lillian again. Um, he did not care about his aunt's welfare. He was just there to judge, not cool. Uh, I know that Witherspoon will be calling in, but I just want to, uh, to discuss what he said. He said, at least Adam went to Lillian to talk and not to spill to Justin, just to spill the beans. Ian wanted Adam to go to Justin as some sort of playing out of Adam's confession that never happened of his own affairs. I agree that Adam was unfairly, totally unsympathetic to Lillian. He felt that if he, if he were to be sympathetic, then he would be letting himself off the hook for his extramarital affairs. Um, if that's a really interesting take with the spoon, and you could well be right, but I'm going to be honest with you and say, I don't think Adam's as deep as that, but that's just my thought. Uh, Hayley Stack said, I was incredibly frustrated with Adam's prior conversation with Ian. All that, what should I do? Blooming talked to Lillian, that's what. I'm glad he did, but he should have spoken to her before anyone else. He's the one who's dragged everything up between him and Ian again by speculating that uh, Lillian and Matt were having an affair when it could have been avoided. So, look, I could be well wrong there. You, A lot of you agree with Witherspoon, um, and that's why we have these conversations. So please get involved, and until the next time I speak to you, hooroo! Thank you for that, Millie Bell. And I'm glad you did the Witherspoon Roundup because there's no Witherspoon this week. So no. well done, Millie. Uh, but now, uh, Lucy, why don't you hit us with some tweets of the last seven days? Okay. New pig unit said, had Adam saying. It's <laughs> a I great know, name. I know. <laughs> Adam, name one thing that would make you happy. We'll do it. Ian, having a baby. Adam. Okay, apart from that... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Goddess Diva. She's in this twice this week. I'm not one to judge, says Judgy Judgy Face from Judgy Town. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Adam was getting unbearable. Margaret Graham said, All of you who said we hadn't heard from Pip and Toby for ages, I hope you're proud of yourselves. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Margaret. Um, Linda Marie, who has, a, I think she's got some sort of graph to plot the, the sort of the, the, um, the immorality of certain acts, because she just put very, very briskly, kiss in hotel corridor, not same as blowjob in hotel car park. I'll take that sweet of the week. No, that isn't. Oh, good heavens. Rob Titchener You're going to top is, that, is, are you? Rob Titchener is, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. He's back and he's tweeting. All right. And he had um, uh, Lexi. <laughs> having her English lessons with Kirsty and saying, and when you say shoehorn plot Brexit and immigration, <laughs> what is it to mean? <laughs> <laughs> Very good tweet well this week. Well done. Well done, chaps. Well done. Um, right, I think that that's just about it, really, isn't it? Hmm. At this point, I'll say stuff that Lucy never puts on the script. Stuff like... Um, dumdum.com go there it's got shop though um it's really nice to see photographs of glenn fuller love recently and of our witherspoon in their dumdum merch and if you want to look as and andrew horn that's probably who i meant Mm. you know all these white middle class gentlemen all kind of bit bit fun of face that's all look the same to me (laughs) (laughs) sorry chaps Awfully sorry. <laughs> so if you want to look as cool as Andrew oh, Horn with a Naked spoon. Naked Fingers has just posted a picture of his legs on Twitter this time. Right. What is it with the man, honestly? 
There is no part of his anatomy that has gone unphotographed. Really? Dear God. Well, I don't know. I'm presuming not. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Carry right. on. If you would like to look all dapper and uh, cut a dash uh, in some dum dum clobber, why don't you go on to dumdum.com, hit the shop icon and go and buy some. Do you think it's about time that we did some more? Yes. I actually, okay. because, mm, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, Lucy. Okay, so, goody. I love doing it. I'll do it. Yeah, you come up with some puns and we'll whack them on some t-shirts. Hurrah. Right. Also, got tractor on there. You go on there and you can pin yourself to the map. And the, the good news is, right, well, I say this and then I never do it. And I say, oh, I'm going to have a meetup in Birmingham, San Francisco, wherever, blah, 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 blah. And then I never quite do it. But if Naked Fingers and myself are both in San Francisco, we really should do a Dumbledore meetup over here. Because the last time we did one over here, we had 12 people turn up and it was awesome. So maybe I can sort that out. But anyway, Tractor, go there. Smashing Dumbledore.com's got a forum and all sorts. In red. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> if you'd like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you can sponsor us via patreon.com. Do you know, I might contact Camp Coffee and see if they'll sponsor us. You know what? That's a great idea, Lucy. They've probably got a marketing budget of about £1.95, but we could give it a go, couldn't we? Why not? Yeah. We'll probably find out that they're owned now by Unilever or somebody. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Who owns Camp coffee right whilst you google that i'm gonna say remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via oh, speak no! pipe. schwartz and why is that bad Duh. because they're enormous hmm. right so they've got enormous bags fulls of cash then oh no hang on no they were taken over in 1984 by mccormick and company all right. This is very confusing. Sorry, I'll shut up. Carry right. on. As well. As I was saying, you can send us a message via SpeakPipe on our website or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message. Um, on Twitter, you can find Dum Dum, where we're at Dum Dum. I can be found where I'm at Royfield and. I can be found at Lucy B. Freeman. <laughs> on facebook uh simply type in dumpty dum and go join the show there um i think that's just about it it's a rather gray day here on labor day in america well i can't say it's all gray all over america but within the bay area but i tell you it was sweltering yesterday lucy hot 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 on friday hot on saturday cooler on sunday for the wedding that i was out but now it's just a little bit grey, but it's nice, cool, lovely. It's awesome. pissing down here. Well, awesome. it was. Yeah, I That's know you love it. That's what I want to hear. That's yeah, what yeah, I want to hear. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you what, even when it's quite a nice day, mm. I will, uh, I'll always tell you that it's raining here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> right, chances are it will be anyway, so. <sighs> right then. So, Guess where I'm going now? Um... Don't know where you go now. No, you know how exciting my life is as a general rule. Um, you're going to do something very community orientated. I'm going to a parish council meeting. There you go. Said yeah. it. <laughs> and any hot burning topics in the parish this week? Um, probably window boxes again. 
window boxes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know, know, fundamentally, you live in somewhere where there is absolutely yeah. no problems. If <laughs> 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 but we you did know what? A... We all aspire to live somewhere where the hot, burning the topic to is, worry is about window is window boxes. Yeah. Um, uh, last, a couple of, no, last summer, mm-hmm. we had the summer fate, and we have a very keen man who comes to the... Um, the committee mm-hmm. and uh he said he was um he has a little hammond organ that he plays um well you know things on he's not not very brilliant but you know he's mm-hmm. well-meaning yeah and um he uh he he suggested uh that why didn't he um why didn't he get his organ out opposite the old people's home <laughs> <laughs> me and my friend sham had to go and make tea for everybody in the kitchen very very slowly before we could recover and then go back in again <laughs> oh can you give us an update next week read out the parish council minutes on dumbly dum next week hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.